Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. You just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here to preview MSU's upcoming contest against the Maryland Terrapins at home. I want to remind everyone that if you'd like your own super comfortable and stylish The Final Four is Not the Schedule apparel, you need to head on over to our store today. It closes at 8 p.m. on February 5th. Everything there is the same high quality stuff that you find at Nudge Printing. Uh, They've got quarter zips, hoodies, zipped hoodies, t-shirts, even tote bags. Uh, So everything there, again, same quality you get. I'm not sure when we'll open the store again. It probably, maybe later this year. Not sure. Kind of see what the demand is here. Uh, but so make sure you get it right now and put in your order today. You can find it on our support page or over at nudgeprinting.com slash TFFINOTS. Speaking of support, you can always find ways to reach out to all our sponsors like Nudge, the Brothers Adjust Your Gutters, Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids. Uh, always you can do that at the support page at the final four. It's not the schedule.com slash support. Additionally, there are affiliate links to get a variety pack of Element Electrolyte Rehydration Mix, as well as a way to get an autographed copy of Coach Garland's book, Agoje. All right, so Rod, let's talk about the Terrapins, who MSU played less than two weeks ago in College Park. I feel like we just did this show. <laughs> so, the Terrapins have an identical 13-8 and 5-5 record as Michigan State. The only difference is that I think they have two road wins versus Michigan State having one. They are 52nd in Ken Palm and 80th in the net. The latter being a big problem uh, as far as Maryland making a postseason uh, bid for a tournament. Uh, so th- they need a big second half run and no better place to start than in East Lansing as far as they're concerned, I'm sure. And also probably good Big Ten tournament performance. Michigan State won the last game just a few weeks ago uh, uh, by two uh, because of a late step back three from Tyson Walker and a big deflection by Trey Hallman. Uh, so Maryland is a very lopsided team. They're 159th in adjusted offensive efficiency but sixth in defensive efficiency. So this is a win-ugly kind of team. On offense, just they have all kinds of problems. They can't shoot. They're 324th from three at under 30%. They're 221st from two. They turn the ball over a lot. They're ranked 208th in turnover percentage. And they can't hit free throws very well (laughs) at 205th. But they do get there a lot, which helps a little bit. They're 16th in free throw attempts to field goal attempts, which, again, very similar to previous Maryland teams. And the offensive rebound really well, too, at 44th. On defense, they've been keyed by great performances inside the arc. They're number 8th against opponent field goal percentage, uh, which is helped in large part by a high block rate of 22nd. They're not great against threes, a percentage number of 213th, but they really limit attempts very well, which we've always said that's generally the most important part. Uh, So they're 15th in limiting attempts. They do force a lot of turnovers as well. They're 55th overall in forcing turnovers and 87th in steal percentage. 
Uh, the one thing they don't really do well is defensively rebound, strangely enough, for as well as the offensive rebound. They're 211th in defensive rebounding. And they defend without fouling, uh, which is not very good either. So they are 165th. And I think their defensive rebounding at 211 is barely worse than Michigan State. Isn't that right? Like, yep. Michigan State, like 203rd? <laughs> yeah. Um, let, let's start with kind of, we'll go back to the beginning, an overview. Uh, Maryland, as you said, is at 80 in the net, and that's a very significant number. And the reason it's significant is it tells you that despite the fact that Michigan State and Maryland have identical records, both overall and within the league, there's a reason why Michigan State would be a lock for the tournament today and Maryland would not even be remotely close to being on the bubble. And that's because right. their resume outside of the win-loss record, which doesn't really tell you as much as some may think, just isn't very good. You mentioned they do have one more road win than MSU has, but again, that's up. Michigan State has played, I believe it's still one of the 20th, uh, one of the 20 toughest schedules right. in college basketball. Yeah. And that, plus the way they've played in those games, that with rare exception, they're not being blown out. If they've lost, you know, you look back at the James Madison game, the Arizona game, the Duke game, uh, Nebraska, uh, Illinois. These were all games which Michigan State led at certain points, mm -hmm. had real chances to win. And, and we're close, and some of those came on the road. So there's a big difference in the profiles. And Maryland, Maryland, if I, if I remember what I read correctly, has four more quad one opportunities left. So four of their last 10 games of the regular season are quad one games. So they have some opportunities, but not a lot of them. Yeah. This is one of them. They've got to make a hell of a run. I would say seven and three, eight and two type run down the back half of, of the Big Ten schedule. And then probably do something in the Big Ten tournament as well to, to have a legitimate shot at getting on to the bump. Right. Um, that's how bad it is. So it, there uh, you can look at that two ways. And you know, on the one hand, you could say, well, this is a team that obviously to date has not done nearly enough to demonstrate that it's, you know, a legitimately good tournament quality team, and that would be factual. Or you could say they're a team that should be highly motivated because they know they've got a lot of work to do, and this game against Michigan State represents one of the few opportunities they have left to really get a, a resume win, mm -hmm. you know, on the road, a team that's in the top 25 of the net, top 20 in Ken Palm, um, that would mean something. It would mean a lot. You know, I, I look at Maryland as a very different team away from home as opposed to in College Park. Right. They've been, we, we talked about it. Michigan State is only the second team to beat them in that building this year. And so, and, and over the, year and two-thirds that Kevin Willard's been the coach there, he's only taken three losses in that building. So that was a big win for Michigan State beating this team because it was in their building. Yeah, At home, the opportunity is there for Maryland. But honestly, this is a game, if you're Michigan State, that you have to look at 
as one you ought to win. Just bottom line. Right. I mean, if you lose it, that's inexcusable. You know, that's how that's how I view it. Getting getting into the specifics about Maryland, as as you stated, this is the epitome of a win ugly team. They are a very very good defensive team, and we saw that <laughs> yeah, in College Park. Half. Even though even though on right with a great second half defensive performance, the first half Michigan State did a lot of good work, and so the the game totals look reasonably solid. You know. Um, they were plus 40% from three, decent shooting percentage overall. But it, it was it was a struggle to score in the second half because Maryland just really stepped it up in the half court. And, and that's what they're capable of doing. Um, offensively, it's a mess. It's an absolute unmitigated disaster in most ways. Um, they shoot miserably, both from three and from two. Uh, there's nobody on their team that I would say is, you know, qualifies as a, um, just a knockdown, knockdown shooter. You know, guys like Young and Scott are certainly capable three point shooters, but they're not guys that you, you tend to think are likely, you know, to hit a five for seven on you. Right. You know, that's just not their profile. Doesn't mean they can't do it in an individual game. But not likely. Um, the turnovers exacerbate the problem. You know, they don't shoot well. They give it away a lot. Bad combination. The two things they do well, as you stated, they offensive rebound reasonably well. We saw a little of that in the Michigan State game, although Michigan State actually did a credible job of limiting. Let's put it this way. If Michigan State replicated its defensive rebounding performance they had against Maryland on a consistent basis, we'd be feeling okay about yeah. that rather than the, oh, my God, this is a huge issue we, we tend to feel right now. Um, the other thing they do really well is, as has been a staple of Maryland basketball under two different coaches now for for a while, they get to the line a lot. The, the knock on that is, they're not a great free throw shooting team, just a tick over 70%, which means it's not a disaster, but it's also not a big strength. And so they're not they're not getting as much production from that phase of the game as maybe they should be if you look at how many fouls they draw. But that's really it. It's offensive rebounding and drawing fouls. Everything else, trouble. Defensively, um, there's really two weaknesses. And it's the three percentage they give. Actually, the Michigan State game was a reasonably good example of this. Um, MSU shot, I think, 43% from three. I think they were yep. Yep. maybe seven, for, seven yep. for 16. Yep, seven for 16. Seven 44%. for 16, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. But 16 attempts is not a ton. Yeah. And Maryland has done that really, really well. When teams get a three against them, they tend to shoot it well. But Maryland really does a nice job of limiting them. And we saw that in that second half where Michigan State <laughs> just didn't get a lot of great looks. And the, some of the ones they did, that last three that Tyson hit to put them up four, that was all him. Yeah. I mean, he, that was a step back. That was a tough play to execute. Um, against twos, Maryland has been fantastic. So... They really limit you when you're inside the arc, and they're going to force you to take a lot of those shots. 
because they don't give up a lot of three attempts. Uh, the other big weakness, as you said, is defensive rebounding. And that's an issue. It wasn't an issue for them in the Michigan State game. Michigan State did very, very little of it. Uh, I think they only had two offensive yeah. rebounds the entire game. But that has not been the case, generally speaking, for Maryland. That's tended to be a problem. So, yeah, they can generate a lot of misses. But, man, how much better would they be if they were even decent as a defensive rebounding group? Uh, they turn opponents over a lot, or a fair amount. They're not a crazy pressure team, but they can throw, um, as we talked about for the first game, they can throw different looks at you defensively in an attempt to confuse. And they definitely have players, particularly Young and Reese, who tend to come up with a lot of steals. Mm -hmm. they're, they're somewhat similar in, in terms of where they sit nationally uh, to Michigan State in that way. Uh, they generate a few more turnovers that aren't from steals, but they're they're a very similarly active team in the steals department to where Michigan State sits. Um, you know, I mean, and the other thing is, and this was evident in the MSU game, they do struggle at times to defend without fouling. So that's you know, it's it's great that they draw a lot of fouls when they have the ball. But they're doing similar things, unfortunately, for them when they're on defense. And it's, you know, they're a, we, we saw it. They're a physical team, right? Yeah. So it's not a shock that, that they would be kind of middling in terms of the number of free throw attempts they give up. Uh, but, but that is, you know, if you do happen to have a game where you shoot free throws, while well, Michigan State did at in the game at College Park, that can be a problem for Maryland as well. But overall... This is a very good defensive team. They do a lot of things well, and you know you're gonna you're gonna have trouble having a super super efficient offensive game against them. Yeah, I was the one thing I was interested in. Too, you you alluded to very early. You're talking about the net, uh, where Michigan State's net is in the 20s and Maryland's is 80th. Uh, but looking over, you know, the net is really high for the Big 12 teams, and they, you, then yet I saw a. The strength of schedule for the Big Twelve. There's one team that's seventy, mm -hmm. and all the rest are hundred or two hundreds for strength of schedule. And now they just you know continue to beat up on each other. It it puzzles me, I guess, how their net is so high. If yeah. they, I guess they just didn't challenge themselves in the off in the non conference enough. And I think that was it. But it's interesting. I, I, it's like a way of kind I, of gaming the system. I haven't delved too deeply into it. I know from my Twitter feed that there's been a lot of talk about this in, in recent days. Uh, and there's some suggestion that the Big 12 sort of gamed the system, which is, is hard to imagine doing if you're not playing good opposition. I would suspect, if I had to guess, I would suspect that they're getting deriving a benefit from blowing out a lot of those right like ohio state last mid year lane or worse team right i've, I've got to think that's it and 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 so that's a problem you know but um the the bottom line is regardless of what's going on with the big 12 <laughs> all right the big 10 just the big 10 just does not have the usual kind of depth it has in terms of say top 50 teams Right. It just doesn't. When you hear people talk about the Big Ten as a six-bid league this year, I, honestly, looking at it, and, and we do have to understand there is still some time for this to change, but it's getting late. 
and the chances to get a lot better aren't really present for many teams. I would say six is probably the realistic number, and I don't know that I believe that is going to change. Yeah, I mean, you could almost see it to change the other downside too. Just, I mean, it's possible either way. You know, where you can have a bunch of teams Maybe, in a five hundred, and then just a few top teams. It would, it would take, it would take really serious collapses. Yeah. By, I, I was actually looking at a tweet today that that was in reference to the absolute free fall that Memphis has been going through lately. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last, it's just been two weeks and they've just had their resume absolutely decimated, which is part of what can happen when you play in a not so strong league and you start taking a bunch of losses. Right. Um, but the numbers were the highest ranking net team as of February 1st that didn't end up making the tournament. And I, I forget how many years it went back. I think it went back. Well, however long the net's been. So six years, seven years, whatever it is. Um, I think there was only one year out of that group where such a team was ranked higher in the net than Michigan State is right now. Mm-hmm. It, so it's very rare yeah. and it's hard. To, and, and I believe I'd have to go back and double check Purdue, Illinois, and Wisconsin all for certain are rated ahead of Michigan State in the net. And I think I think it's um, Northwestern uh, and Nebraska are behind them, but all of those teams, I believe, are in the top fifty. Yes. So, you know, you've got that now. Maybe you know, I, I shouldn't be so quick to dismiss that. As I'm, we're recording this, and I'm watching Nebraska getting absolutely shellacked at home by Wisconsin. Um, it's early, but it's bad. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe Nebraska could free fall their way out of the discussion. So you might be right. It might be possible to even have as few as five. But right now, I would lean towards six. And I just, I don't see that candidate for a team out of the rest of the league that's going to make the jump up. I mean, Maryland would might be the best situated, and that's not good. Um, Indiana is in terrible shape. I mean, there's just, Ohio State's been in an absolute free fall. Yeah to the point where I think Chris Holtman's job's probably in jeopardy again, and if it's not, it should be. Um, you know, there's just not Iowa, Michigan. I mean, all these teams are having terrible years. Yeah. So it, there just aren't those candidates that look obvious, say, well, if this team could get on a run, Maryland's probably the best placed, and they're not in a good spot. Yeah, actually, interestingly, Iowa is the seventh highest net in the Big Ten. They're just barely yeah, behind and I, Nebraska and barely had Ohio State and, and Maryland. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I was I was not going to the tournament. But they're sixty yeah, they're sixty second. Yeah. And Nebraska's sixty right. Northwestern fifty five. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the thing is with you know, we gotta remember that you can't you can't look at the net as solely uh, you know, it's the only factor right. to say you're in or you're out. Right. I, I feel pretty confident that as of today, there's zero doubt that Northwestern would be a tournament team. Yeah. But they're um, winning pretty you know, win. but, yeah. but yeah, but you're right. All right. Well, let's uh, talk about the starters for Maryland. Uh, this is brought to you by the Brothers of Just Two Gutters. If you need gutter work done, there's no better place to call than the Brothers of Just Two Gutters. They have you covered if you're in the state of Michigan on the west side of the state in the Grand Rapids area. Kurt and his team will come and come out to your house or your business and take care of all those leaky problems or maybe your gutters are full of leaves. Maybe you want to put leaf guards on. 
whatever it is, they can take care of it because you have to have a good gutter, a good gutter system, a water collecting system to keep everything functioning properly, your house or your business. Uh, if you're on the east side of the state, Greg and his team will take care of you in the Metro Detroit area. They'll offer 10% off your estimate if you mention Final Four. You can find those links on our support page at the Final Four, it's not the schedule.com slash support. And you can get a link to either Greg or Kurt, depending where in the state you are. And so I'd highly recommend it. They worked on our gutters and did fantastic work. And even though it is February and the weather is not great, and especially it, as someone who takes care of people who fall off ladders, I always worry when people are on <laughs> ladders, especially when it's slippery and wet and stuff like that. They're out there doing the work right now so they can get it done. And this is probably a good time to get stuff done before they get busy. So uh, check them out. They sponsor the player that Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter. And so we'll go over the starters and Rod will tell us at the end here who Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter. So we'll begin with Jameer Young, six foot one, fifth year player, key to the Maryland offense. He averages 20.4 points a game on 43, 35, and 90 shooting. Uh, he's very good at getting the line. He's averaging a little over six free throw attempts a game, has four assists per game on average, but also turns the ball over quite a bit. He had three turnovers, and uh, he also gets one and a half steals a game. I feel like, yeah, he had 19 points a game, and I think he had. Not many free throw attempts, but I think he had quite a few turnovers in that game against Michigan State, too, if I recall correctly. He did. He did. Um, yeah, four. <laughs> Mich- Michigan State. Did oh, he had a seven. Good Sorry, job. he had seven turnovers that game. Seven turnovers, yeah. Uh, Michigan State did a pretty good job against Jameer Young, despite the fact that he scored 19 points. Yeah. And, you know, he, they, he was six for 15 from the floor. So well, that's 40%, right? Mm hmm. Um, that's a little bit below his seasonal average of 43. He did shoot better than he normally does from three in that game, but two keys. You pointed out one, the turnovers, seven turnovers. Yeah, he's a and that is a problem for him. That's not unheard of. The second thing is he only attempted four free throws. Right. So you held him two free throw attempts below his seasonal average. That's a big deal. It was a big deal in this game, period that Michigan State kept Maryland off the line. Because as we talked about just a second ago, that's one of the few things they do well. So if you're able to defend this team without fouling, you're probably going to have decent defensive success against them because they just don't shoot the ball well. Young is, look, at his best, and if you saw the game, you know he's a dynamic player. He's explosive athletically. Uh, He can finish. On penetration or force you to follow him. He's gotten a little better this year as a as a jump shooter, a little more consistent. So I think they have to like that. And he's also a guy who is key for them in terms of their defensive approach. He's he's able to get um, to force turnovers with quick hands, and yet he's also a steady positional defender. So. And he, and he can make plays for others. It's just that they come along with a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You know, he's that classic boom bust kind of player. And, and look, I don't mean to, I don't mean to, to knock him. I think the, the booms are much more frequent than the busts overall when you take everything into account. But, um, they, they need him to have a shot in this game. They need to have the best version of Jameer Young, in my opinion, which means, He's got to play efficiently, limit the mistakes, and force Michigan State to foul him a bunch. Because if that those things aren't happening, 
it gets tough for them to win. Yeah, I mean, the problem for him is that he would be much better served if he had a couple pieces around him that were really good. I mean, he's got Dante Scott, yes. but outside of him, he doesn't have anyone on the perimeter who can help him, so he's pretty much all by himself. So he's right. he is their That's right. <laughs> perimeter threat. That's exactly right. Speaking of those people with problems, <laughs> six foot five freshman Deshaun Harris-Smith, he is uh, having trouble this year. He's averaging 7.1 points a game on 35, 17, and 61 shooting. Pulls down four and a half rebounds a game. Uh, he was brutalized by Michigan State in the first matchup. He's two for seven from the field, zero for four from the floor, from three. Had a bunch of rebounds, but four turnovers to one assist. He was, he was not helpful. He, he was as we talked about before the first game. Very highly regarded recruit guy. They were really excited about, and it's just been a struggle translating to the college game. And we, you know, so just to let you know, uh, in case you were wondering, Michigan State's freshman class is not alone in terms of highly regarded guys struggling to make that transition. You know, it's happened. Maryland had what was either the second or the third best recruiting class in the league, and their freshmen are having exactly the same kind of struggles, I would say in some ways worse, although they've played bigger roles. Yeah, right. They've played more minutes. Um, I'll, I'll say this. If he wants to take four threes again <laughs> in this game as he did in the first one, Michigan State will happily let him do that because he has to say he's struggled from three is putting it mild. I still think he's a guy they, they think has great potential. Future, and yeah. I think that's true, but it's just, it's been offensively. It's been tough. Speaking of people who can't shoot from outside, we're going to move on to Jordan Geronimo, six foot six senior. He was transferred from Indiana, averaging six points a game and 3.9 rebounds a game, shooting 44, 17 and 71. And he was, yeah. he was bad against Michigan state as well. He, too, struggled from three. And he's another guy where if he wants to take threes, have at it, Jordan. You know, <laughs> he's and, – and that's unfortunate because I think that was the thing that looking at him as a young player at Indiana, at least my opinion was – and I think I said this in our preview of the first mm -hmm. game. I looked at him and I thought, boy, this guy looks like some other guys they've had. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Oladipo or OG Ananobi. These, you know, six four to six six wings that are very well put together, explosive athletically. The difference is those guys really added a more consistent skill element to their yeah, games as right. they went along. That has never happened for Geronimo. So what it's meant is he's been relatively limited in terms of uh in terms of what he's able to contribute. Uh he does give them a shot blocking element. He averages a uh, one and a half blocks per game, which for a guy who primarily is playing three is pretty good. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the scoring has been somewhat limited, and it's because he really, he's he's going to struggle to make shots, you know, other than dunks and layups. Then move on to Dante Scott, six seven fifth-year senior, power forward, averaging 11 points a game and 4.7 rebounds a game, shooting 42, 37, and 81. So he's the one who's a stretch four and he is probably the biggest threat uh, out in the perimeter. Uh, he went two for four of the game against Michigan State from three. Uh -huh. And, you know, Jameer Young also went 50%. Um, so he was, he's a guy you got to always be aware of where he is because he can hit you, score the three level scorer, right? Yep. And, and he's a player I've always liked. It's been, I think I compared him in the, um, in the, in the last game's preview to their, their Malik call. <laughs> right. Um, and and it's it's a it's an apt comparison at least loosely because 
he too has really struggled with the expectations that are born of showing what your potential is and then struggling to meet that potential on a consistent basis. Uh, he's a good player. I mean, he had 16 in the first game. Yeah. So he can, at his best, man, he is a tough cover because he's a legitimate stretch presence. You know, he forces you to deal with him, to guard him. And yet he's strong enough and clever enough, good enough footwork, good enough ability to finish, all of that, that he can take you, you know, and I would say he could take a smaller player down the block, but doesn't even necessarily take a smaller player. He's got a good enough post game that I think he, I don't think he's afraid to go up, not that he will be very often in this game, but I don't think he's afraid to go up against a guy who's 6'9", or 6'10", I think he, he's got the capability to score on those players. So much a way like someone like Malik Hall isn't, you know. So he's he's a very good player, a very important player for them. And and a, the matchup between he and Malik Hall, which was a good one in the first game, it should be very good again. And finally, rounding out the starting five, Julian Reese, 6'10", junior. He has been a very good, effective big man for Maryland. He's averaging 13.6 points a game, 10.1 rebounds a game, almost two and a half blocks a game. And he certainly had, I don't know how many blocks against Michigan State, but he had a more than two, I think. He had three, yeah. he had three yeah. I believe. She was 52% of the floor, but just 58% from the line, which is a problem since he does get a lot of free throw attempts. He leads the team in free throw attempts at 7.4 a game. Uh, he has yeah. a lot of steals too, just because he's so long and blocks and stuff. But uh, he's a good player and he's he's a really solid thing. And, and he had a yeah, pretty good game against Michigan State. Not dominant, but not bad. Yeah, he had 10 points and 12 rebounds. The problem was half those rebounds were offensive. Yeah. Um, so it seemed, and they came in, a, a lot of them came in a flurry. So it seemed like he was more dominant than he was. He had a period of dominance, but it wasn't that much of the game. Um, he's a very good player. And uh, you could see it immediately with him. He wasn't a... A tremendously highly rated recruit. I think he might have been a back end top 100 guy, mm -hmm. uh, but he was not somebody that was seen as an automatic star. But you could see it early in his freshman season. Yeah, this is a guy who could play. And in fact, I think they, if I remember, that was the year they had the kid that's at Penn State now, uh, Wahib, yeah. who had transferred in. And so this is two years ago. He had transferred in and um, he was. Uh, he was a backup, but you could see the potential. And um, the one thing he hasn't added that I thought he might was more of a face-up game, the way guys like Stick Smith, Bruno Fernando did uh, as their careers progressed. He hasn't done that yet, uh, but he doesn't have to in order to be an effective player. The problems he's got primarily are free throw shooting. As you said, although I'll note Michigan State only let him shoot three free throws right so that was important but he doesn't shoot them well even when he does get there for his 7.4 game um and he's still got a propensity to foul he struggles with that as a lot of big men do when you're a guy who gets two and a half blocks per game yeah you're taking risks and 10 rebounds a game he's a steals guy second on the team in steals um he's an active player right yeah and so sometimes those guys struggle to walk the line between activity and recklessness, and I think that's been an issue for him. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot behind him too at Maryland. I don't. I feel like they don't have a lot of size. 
so they just, I mean, they have size, but not like his size is 6'10. He's got, they got a seven footer, but he doesn't play yeah. a lot. Uh, so move on to reserves. Jahari Long, six foot four, fifth year wing, <laughs> averaging 5.3 points a game, shooting 45, 38, and 67. I believe before the Michigan State game, he was shooting sub 20%. <laughs> Uh, he plays about 19 minutes. He had he shot three for four from deep against Michigan State. So he was that guy. I'm like, oh, good, let him shoot. And then he hit it and let him shoot. And he hit it. Right. <laughs> I think if it's first three until he airballed one. Yeah, he's been an important guy because they, they really don't have much depth. You know, that's a obviously that's a problem for them. You look at the minutes, they're basically a seven-man rotation with a couple of other guys getting really small amounts of playing time. So he's critical in that respect. And as you said, he really hurt Michigan State. Primarily, his role is to hold hold the ship down defensively. You know, that's what he's really known for. But he's also become at least an acceptable deep shooter this year, mm-hmm. which for, for that team is means you're one of the best they've got. <laughs> and he did hurt MSU, so hopefully we won't see a repeat. Yeah, I don't think he'll make that mistake again. So yeah. uh, next is Jamie Kaiser, 6'7 freshman, uh, averaging 4.1 points a game, 2.4 rebounds a game in about 19 minutes, shooting 25, 26, and 74. And he didn't do much against the game as Michigan State except miss a couple threes. Yeah. Uh, again, another highly regarded freshman who's really struggled to make the transition in terms of shooting. But uh, he's, again, somebody who is important because he can actually – play minutes for this team and they just don't have guys anybody else who's really doing it and what as i said is basically a seven-man rotation then you've got selem swanton rogers seven foot freshman averaging 1.8 points a game and 1.4 rebounds a game plays only about six minutes so reese plays almost the entire game he shoots 67 yeah. percent from the floor but very low volume uh just 38 percent from the line yeah, he didn't do anything no. in four minutes against msu but that's what he's there for give reese just a blow and finally, no bachelor, 6'7 sophomore, averaging 1.7 points a game in seven minutes, and, shooting 32, 32, and 100. But he just barely played in the game against uh, in College Park. Two minutes, two minutes, didn't do anything. Same deal. Um, he'll probably see the floor, but not for long, unless they really get stuck in foul trouble. I feel like last time Jameer Young was the player Michigan State needed to keep in the gutter. I imagine it's still probably the same this game, would you think? Yep. Yeah. No question. For, for a team that struggles the way they, they do offensively to so talk about a guy who scores 20 points a game <laughs> and is their point guard so he's also creating for others yeah. and he's really one of their few reliable jump shooters yeah he's he's <laughs> the guy to keep in the gutter so move on to our next segment which is the michigan player who cleans the glass the best brought to you by the squeegee bro- squad of grand rapids squeegee squad will take care of well your windows they'll clean your windows Inside, outside, the screens, which are super important, which I learned after I had them come out to my house. The friendliest people, they'll come out and do it. They'll spend meticulous. They were out here for hours at our house uh, doing everything and getting inside and clearing things much more thoroughly than I clean my windows, that's for sure. So uh, they do fantastic work. You get 15% off. You mentioned rebound. They're so good. They actually were given the job to do take care of the state capital. So uh, they can do high rises residential, commercial, whatever needs to be done. So you can find contact information at the final force on the schedule.com slash support. And there you can just click there for, to get a free estimate. So right now it's four to three and a half. (laughs) 
and for the you with you with the lead there on by half a point. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a baseball here, like a half game back now. All right, so Rod, so what do you think? Uh, you get to pick first this time. Who do you think is going to clean the glass best for Michigan State? Marty Sissoko. Yeah, he seems to be going. He seems to be a good pick so far. You know, I I was trying to think. I'm going to go with Jane Aikens just to, for something different. I think he's due okay. for, for one, and uh, the way he was. I'd be. Was I'd be last glad game. to lose this. I'd be glad to lose this one, um, you know. Yeah. So if that means we get a big rebounding performance from Jaden Aikens, yeah, I I think we might get something out of him. We'll see. All right. So move, all right, move on to the five keys of the game. Brought to you by Nudge Printing. Yeah, Nudge Printing is where we have our store set up. So you can go to thenudgeprinting.com slash T F F I N O T S, and you get our store for apparel. Again, that's only open until February fifth at eight p.m. So order now. Uh, you can get 20% off your order if you type in Final Four on uh, sort of coupon code at checkout uh, when you, for anything else at Nudge Printing. So you can head on Nudge Printing and they have all kinds of Spartan apparel. And maybe you're in a split uh, split family and your uh, your significant other went to Indiana. They just added Indiana for their line of clothing now too. So they have that school as well as a number of other ones to say in Michigan and around the country. So Nudge Printing is a great place. And we're going to there, oh, that's right. And the the uh, contest for the trivia was won by Wendy. So congratulations, Wendy. You uh, win a free hoodie from Nudge Printing for the contest for getting right uh, that it was Michigan, that the team that Michigan State be a 51, where Mateen Cleave set the Big Ten and Michigan State record for single-game assists at 20 back in 2000. All right, so five keys to the game. We'll start with number one, which is, I feel like we're going to see this all the time, but especially with a team like Maryland, defensive rebounding. Uh, Michigan State is clearly struggling here. They seem to be getting worse, <laughs> falling in the the rankings for the defensive rebounding stats. Yeah. Um, uh, look, it, it's simple. Right? <laughs> I mean, we keep we keep uh, we keep talking about this, and it, it lately, at least, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Right. But it's critical here because. This is a team that if you can do a credible, decent job, you don't have to even be spectacular. Um, that's probably enough to get you a win. Yeah, and as we saw too with the first game, you know, if you can just try and somehow neutralize Julian Reese, you're probably going to be okay from the offensive rebound. And maybe Dante yeah. Scott too, right? That And that's your their four and five guys. You're getting most of them. It's not their guards that are doing it, really. Absolutely. I mean, their wings are okay, but it's... It's yeah. It, you you just you have to, but but I would say. On the Michigan State side of things, the guards absolutely need to be part of this effort. We say this over and yeah. over and over. Izzo said it heading into the Michigan game, and then they didn't get it. So, <laughs> something's got to change in that regard. It just has to. Otherwise, this is going to be a problem that leads. That, that leaves them with an Achilles heel that could very easily mean in a big game that matters, right. so March, let's say, yeah. where they do a pretty good job defensively, but they just can't keep an opponent from getting second chances. You know? Yeah. So it, it's it's critical. And, and this is a defensive team that, by the way, is doing pretty much everything else really, really well. Yeah. They, they are, by Michigan State standards and even by national standards, they're not a great turnover-generating team, but they're a good one. And considering the style of defense Michigan State plays, that's outstanding. 
because they're not a team that's geared to do that. They're doing a great job at limiting opponent success against three. They're doing a great job limiting opponent success from two. They're not, they're not like Bo Ryan, Wisconsin, but they aren't excessively fouling opponents. They're not bad in that regard. You know, everything is there. Yeah. Except for this. Yeah, and they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. Not they didn't get killed on the boards by Maryland, but they definitely gave up enough. So that would have been a real problem had they not had a ten turnover advantage against Maryland in the game. Which that's was, that's it. Yeah, and and they've been fortunate in a number of games where they've had rebounding problems. That that's where they've made it up. But I don't, given given the way Michigan State plays defensively, for as for as good as the guards have been in terms of generating steals. I don't think you can depend on that to be a game in, game out sort of thing. Yeah. You know, they'll do it a lot, but it's not, I, I guess the best way of putting it is it's not like they're a team that goes in saying, hey, we've got to have 10 steals. <laughs> right. That's not, that's not what they do. You know, it happens frequently enough this year, but that's not what they do. You could easily have a game where you only get four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, how many times in the past have we said Michigan State if they're turning the ball over a ton, but they get enough offensive rebounds that it neutralizes that? And this is the exact opposite: where <laughs> they're getting their turnover rate is super low, but they're they're giving up all kinds of offensive rebounds. It's kind of funny. It's it's the flip side <laughs> of what the program has been historically. Yeah. Absolutely. Second key to the game is defend without fouling. We mentioned before Jameer Young and. Julian Reese get to the line both almost seven times a game. Uh, in Maryland, it's just part of their the way they play. They did a great job last, uh, the first matchup where Maryland had less shots than Michigan State had makes from the line. So obviously you try and repeat that, be great. Yeah, I mean, look, they averaged more than 23 free throw attempts a game, almost 24. They got 11 in the first game at home. <laughs> yeah. Now you would, you would think at Breslin, the odds would be good. That we wouldn't see, um, that we wouldn't see uh, <laughs> something um, more akin to their normal rate, but it's the Big Ten, and you know if Courtney Green or someone of his ilk is is out there in the stripe, she just don't know. Well, we just saw the last game, so, right? Twenty six to eight, I think, free throw discrepancy between Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, well, or even more extreme, although it was a home game for this team, Purdue against Northwestern last night was just. <laughs> One of the most egregious things you'll ever see. So, it, but but again, at Breslin, you wouldn't expect to see that. But as you say, we just saw it versus Michigan. So who the hell knows? Yeah. Third key to the game is turnovers, like we mentioned just a little bit ago. Michigan State easily won the battle there last time by having 10 less turnovers, 18 to 8 edge. And they had a big edge in points, a 19 to 7 edge off that. Although most of the turnovers, I think, were mostly yeah. in the first half where they're really getting some work done in the, in the yes. break. That, that's correct. But it, it was... Look, Michigan State made, it was a big difference in that game because they were able to generate that kind of advantage. So it's, I got to tell you, you you look at a lot of these numbers and it's hard to understand how it was a two-point win. (laughs) I know. Because Michigan State really did, I mean, limited them, killed them at the line. Because we're talking about holding Maryland down. Michigan State, I forget what the exact numbers were, Michigan State, took and made a lot of free throws themselves. Michigan State shot the three well by on a percentage basis, didn't get a ton of 
uh, attempts up, but I believe they were only minus one in terms of the total number of threes made, had a huge advantage in turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and though Maryland had a big edge in offensive rebounding, it wasn't like they just killed them with second chance opportunities. It's just hard to understand how it was close. Yeah, it's fine. I'm just kind of looking at the splits from that game. And, you know, both teams had two offensive rebounds in the second half. Maryland had nine turnovers. Yeah. Michigan State had five. But Michigan State had two free throws. So did Maryland. They're both two of two, both teams. But Michigan State shot 27% from the field. Maryland yeah, shot 48%. That's really percent, it. And that was the difference right there, right? Maryland was three for four. That's really it. That's, yeah, three for seven. But I'm for saying three. even over the, when you're looking at the total numbers, yes, right. it's like there, there are areas statistically <laughs> where it's close, and then there were areas where Michigan State had a decisive advantage. Not a lot of areas where Maryland had them. But anyway, regardless of what happened there, here, this would be, if there's a similar kind of edge in the turnover department yeah, in Michigan State's close. favor in this game, you would think that's pretty much lights out yeah. for Maryland. Yeah, Maryland Maryland would have to do some some things that they don't typically do well, exceptionally well, to have a shot. Yeah. Well, and you see these discrepancies. Like, I think it was the Rutgers game last year in East Lansing where Rutgers had, I don't remember how many offensive rebounds they had. They had, I feel like, a million. Yeah. And they still lost, yep. and it wasn't even that close. It was They lost pretty right. handily just because everything else was you know, right. bad. Uh, I guess if right. you get lots of lots of rebounds, it means you're also missing a lot of shots too, right? <laughs> uh, so Correct. the fourth key of the game is tempo. Michigan State had a big edge in the first meeting, 14 to three, although most of that happened in the first half. And yeah. uh, so anyway, they obviously it's always a thing for Michigan State, right? You got to have a good tempo. Look, Maryland, right. And, and Maryland is going to look at that game and say, hey, the way that second half went, that's how we got to play this right. thing. Right, yeah. You know, and their, their whole thing by necessity is make it ugly. They want a slow, low-possession game because they're going to figure that's going to mitigate the shooting advantage that a, a number of opponents of Michigan State would certainly be among them have over them. And you turn it into a game that's kind of stuck in the mud, slow, disjointed. That's what Maryland wants. Mm-hmm. So if you're Michigan State, yeah, transition's important and you'll hope that you get some chances maybe via turnovers um but you'll hope you get some chances there but I, I think it's that was a game where i remember there was a segment in the second half um where michigan state was very sluggish in their in their half court sets they were not running them crisply and with tempo and you can't have that too deliberate in this game yeah right yeah you need to play fast. The fifth key to the game, final key to the game, is offensive balance. And so this is something Michigan State you know, can't just live on the three-point line because Maryland does a good job limiting your attempts. they got to get stuff inside the arc as well. And that, yep. you know, first and foremost, you think of Lee Hall and then your guards getting to the basket and not getting blocked, which they got blocked a ton in the second half of that right. game. Right. And that is something Maryland can do. you got to, you know, you maybe have to try to do a little better job at using that aggression against them. So... You know, things like big-to-big passing. You know, forcing somebody like uh, Reese, who we know is looking for shot blocks, to get up in the air and then passing past him yeah, around right. him. You know, those types of things. Easier said than done, but it's it's what, the kind of things you think of when you're when you're thinking about how to combat this. Um, it's, a, it's a key to Michigan State's renaissance offensively for this entire season. You know, I felt early on when they were struggling, yeah, 
it was shots not just not going. It was all true. But I also felt there was not the kind of balanced offensive attack that we've seen lately. And what that's produced is an offense that all of a sudden is, and has been for the last couple of weeks, is in the top 30 in the nation in terms of adjusted efficiency. Right. That turnaround, yes, threes are falling now. This has become a what we thought they'd be in the preseason, a very good three-point shooting team. No question, that's there. But you have to look a little deeper at the why, and I maintain that a big part of the why is that Michigan State is much more consistently getting paint point production. Try to say that fast three times. <laughs> but that's what's happening, and it's happening because, no, they don't have – a great low post threat, but Malik Hall has given them a little something. Jackson Kohler has given them little glimpses and shown the potential maybe to give them more. Um, if they can get a little bit of that, and then just as if not more importantly, A.J. Hogard, Tyson Walker, Trey Holloman, Jaden Akins getting themselves into the lane. It, it not only gets you shots that you should hit, because you're close to the rim, right? Yep. But it forces the defense to play you differently, and it should create even better three-point looks. And that's important in a game like this when you're talking about a team that generally over the course of the season has done a pretty good job in limiting how many three-point attempts you get. And MSU wants them. MSU wants to take, you know, they don't want to take 30. Right, yeah. But I think they'd like to, I think they'd like to be up around 20 or so. Mm -hmm. That seems to me, and in that first game, they were a little bit below that. So, you and you want to make sure if they're 20, those are a good 20. So best way you do that, be balanced in what you do offensively. Yeah, the big difference between last game and this game is now Kohler is back, and so he's certainly playing more minutes. True. And I wonder if we see a little bit more of him, and then he seems to be a better passer. I, You know, certainly passing to Mahdi, you don't expect to make any sort of passes to anybody cutting the lane or something like that. I, he's... The most he's going to get from him is passing out over back onto the perimeter. Uh, maybe Carson would pass inside a little bit. So they, they've been, Michigan State in the past has had a lot of good people who can do good pocket passes and stuff like that. We just haven't had that for a while from the big man. So it'd be nice to see if we can get that. It'll be interesting to me to see what Jackson's role is in this game because on the surface, I don't love the idea of him guarding Reese I, for long yep, stretches. I agree. But, but, Reese, as we talked about, is kind of guy who's foul prone. Mm -hmm. And Jackson is the one guy in that three-man group who you'd think, hey, he could put him under a little bit of pressure. Right. Because if it's not him, then you're basically, you're hoping that Reese gets a little overzealous in terms of, yeah, you know, help or something going for block. a rebound yeah. or providing help. Yeah. Uh, but if you've got a guy who can actually put him under a little bit of pressure, that's better still. Yeah, we'll see. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll it, see. It'd be interesting. These are the sort of the things that, you know, yep. I suppose the coaching staff in some ways they can guess, but they, you know, you almost have to have a feel for it during the game to kind of see what's working and what's not working and what your opponent takes away. And then what you, you have to try and counter with. All right. Well, uh, again, this will be the last game in the homestand and then Michigan State hits the road for a game going to Minneapolis, but, uh, make sure you check out our support page. Again, you can find access to the store to get your own Tiff Nuts apparel. Uh, you can go to the brothers, just your gutters, nudge printing and, the Squeegee Squad of Grand Rapids. So until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green.